Thanks for checking out podcasts on the gym. The latest episode of the Todd Bromelkamp Show with Alex Kuhn starts now. right now at kgymradio.com sometime in the future know that I got things in under the gun. It's Friday. It is the end of the week. We have made it almost. You got to put up with me for another two hours. I think it's sort of a deal with the devil, but I think we can make it. Certainly plenty going on in the sports world for us to discuss today. I say us. It is the Todd Brownell Camp Show, but you are just as much of a part of it as I am, as Isaac is. 319-366-1600 is the talk and text line. You can reach out to me on the southwest side of Cedar Rapids. Get to the weekend to come in college basketball. Take a look at what's going on around the sports world tonight. Full slate of games coming up in the NBA, but... Much of the focus on today's program going to be on the divisional round games in the NFL coming up this weekend. Four great games, and when everything is said and done, we'll have an AFC and NFC championship game to look forward to next week. Poll question today, KGYMRadio.com. Yesterday we asked you which AFC title game would pique your interest. Today asking you what the NFC title game is going to look like. Not the one that you're most interested in seeing. I think most people around here, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think there's a ton of interest in San Francisco and Brock Purdy getting to the NFC title game. Giants-Eagles. I find myself as a pseudo-Giants fan. I'm a big Casey Kreider fan. His dad was my teacher in high school. Casey's a good kid. I remember him when he was two, three years old. He was just a baby when I was in high school. So I root for the Giants when, obviously, they're not playing the Packers. In in this instance, this season, beating the Packers. 319-366-1600. There is a lot of doubt, though, surrounding the New York Giants this weekend. We'll get into that coming up in just a little bit. 319-366-1600. Again, the number to reach me. There's even some baseball news to get to today. We'll work in a little bit of love it or leave it as well. And uh, let's go ahead and dive right in to a little Iowa basketball. Fran McCaffrey and the Hawkeyes. People are, I don't know necessarily say they're worked up over Fran McCaffrey's name even being mentioned in the uh, with the opening at Notre Dame. I talked about this yesterday on the program Yesterday, the news leaked out of South Bend, Indiana, that Mike Bray was going to be announcing his retirement. He was going to be telling the Notre Dame players yesterday that he was going to be stepping down at the end of the season. And some people, myself included, had the, in the eyes of some, audacity to even throw Fran McCaffrey's name out there. He's 63 years old. He's the same age as Mike Bray. He's got kids at Iowa. He's got 
a third one coming up in Jack. He's not going anywhere. Uh, for the record, it's January 20th. For the record, I don't think Fran McCaffrey is the next head coach at Notre Dame. But I also don't think you just totally ignore a school that I think he would have interest in going to. And the thing that bothers me most about people who automatically want to shoot down even the mere mention of it is we're still we're still living at least in some people's minds in a decade ago, two decades ago. His, his kids are at Iowa. There's no way that they could possibly leave and follow him. We live in an era where you can pick up and go tomorrow if you want to, if you're an NCAA student athlete. Athletes have never been freer than they are right now. Let's not act as if they're shackled to the University of Iowa program. Again, for the record, I don't think he's leaving. I don't think I, I do think there'd be interest there. He spent 11 years there as an assistant. I know it was a long time ago. He met his wife there. I, it's a Midwestern gig. I've always thought that Fran McCaffrey, if he was ever going to even contemplate another gig, it would either be something in the Philadelphia area, a Villanova-type job, or Notre Dame. I don't know. You'll have some people that get upset that he's even mentioned because they think he hasn't had a whole lot of success. I look at what Fran McCaffrey's done at Iowa. Since he got here, what he had to deal with when he first arrived here, basically rebuilding the program from the ground up. And let's not act like 63 is the end of the world here. Like, I, I understand you probably got, you're 63 years old. You probably have one more move left in you if you want to move. And again, I'm not saying Fran McCaffrey does, but the people that are automatically writing it off, they're just upset that his name is coming up. Quite frankly, I would take that as a good thing. Isn't it a good thing that people think your coach could be attractive enough for a school like Notre Dame? 319-366-1600, as we mentioned, the Hawkeyes gearing up for Ohio State this weekend. Iowa looking for its fifth win in a row. Ohio State very much a program that is headed in opposite directions right now, which is uh, somebody on the text line earlier in the week said, and it may have been Jim and Kyoto, kind of feels like Iowa's walking into a hornet's nest tomorrow in Columbus. A little after 1 o'clock, the tip-off time as Iowa and Ohio State set to meet on the hardwood. Uh, Fran McCaffrey, his media news availability yesterday in Iowa City, had quite a bit to say about the Buckeyes. They are in the midst, as I mentioned, an 0-5 stretch, which makes them, in my mind, very difficult. A difficult opponent tomorrow, and you can hear Fran McCaffrey pretty much say that that 0-5 stretch is uh, its more a byproduct of everybody else in the Big Ten than it is a grand statement about the Buckeyes. We could be undefeated, or we could have five losses. I mean, you know, we overtime win and overtime loss. They could go either way. I mean, every team is in the same boat. I mean, a lot of these games are going to come down to two or three possessions because everybody's really good. You know, you hope to be on the on the winning side of those close games. But every team's got veterans. Every team has scorers. You got to take care of the ball. I think 
most importantly, and then you have to rebound. It gives you a chance. Sometimes you had nights where you can't make a shot. You're going to lose those. You know, we couldn't make a shot against Nebraska. Give them credit for that. But shot the ball very poorly. It's going to be hard to win. And traditionally, been, it's been hard for Iowa to win in Columbus. They've played 80 games in Columbus. Ohio State holding a 50-30 to 30 advantage. But the Hawkeyes have won their last two meetings in Columbus. Beat Ohio State 73-57 two seasons ago. And just last year, a 13-point win over the Buckeyes at Value City Arena. So when they do win, and they have won there recently, last two seasons, they've done so by double digits. 319-366-1600. Again, the number to reach me here on the southwest side of Cedar Rapids inside the KGYM studios. Got something really cool coming up for you beginning next week here on KGYM. And it's not something that we're just doing here on this show. It's going to incorporate Spencer's show. It's going to incorporate Scott and Mark's show. But we're doing something big for, <clears throat> I know you people hate this, legally, when we're talking about the big game in the context of doing something like we're going to be doing next week, we can't call it the you-know-what-you-want-to-call-it thing. So I always thought, this back in high school, you know, working at the school newspaper, and we'd put the newspaper together at the, at the newspaper in town. And this was back when you actually had, you printed off the proofs of the paper and used X-Acto knives to cut things in. And I wasn't exactly high tech the way that it is now, but I remember that was the first time that I ever really noticed, wait a minute, you can't call it the, everybody calls it the, yeah. Well, NFL's really, 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 really restrictive when it comes to talking about the big game in terms of other people making money off of the big game. So play along with us next week as we give you an opportunity to win some really cool prizes courtesy of our friends at Circus Sports Iowa. We'll have all the details for you beginning at 2 o'clock, shortly after 2 o'clock. I don't want, maybe at 2.15, maybe 2.30. I don't want to tell Spencer when he has to necessarily deal with this. Sometime during the 2 o'clock hour on Monday, Spencer is going to be the first to have details for you on, like I've been here almost 12 years now, never had any giveaway that's been this awesome on KGYM. Isaac shaking his head. I've been here almost 12 years. Have you been here 12 days yet, Isaac? He's laughing at me. He's smiling at me. Isaac's going to come in here sometime in the first hour today, and uh, he's going to get introduced to a retooled love it or leave it. Uh, Five topics, including whether or not Iowa will run its streak to five wins tomorrow when it takes on the Buckeyes in Columbus. If you're listening to Spencer's program earlier today, you probably heard this clip already. You can hear it again here. It's not going to hurt anything. Fran McCaffrey, a little bit more information or a little bit more of an overview on the Buckeyes. They're a really impressive team. I mean, you think about it, they're sitting there at 10-3, and three, lost at Duke in an overtime to Carolina and to a ranked uh, San Diego State team. And then they lost five games by a total of 19 points. 
tough call against uh, Minnesota. Uh, so you're right. I mean, they got a lot of different weapons. You know, Zed was hurt for for a minute there and, and was on a little minutes restriction, but he's back. He's he's one of the, one of the better big guys in our league. Sense of boss, you know, probably one of the best freshmen in the country. They're getting really good play out of the point guard position. Uh, you know, McNeil's been a big time acquisition. Sewing's back. He's a terrific player and played last year because he was hurt. And they got some grad transfers that are really effective. So it's an old team with a couple of young guys that are really playing well. It's an old team. I don't know. I don't know if that's the, the way that I would use that word nowadays because I feel old. I barely get out of bed. My back hurts so bad, and I didn't even shovel the whole driveway yesterday when we got that sleety, snowy mix of crap. 319-366-1600. So you tell me, on a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you tomorrow as an Iowa basketball fan? when it comes to the Hawkeyes and the Buckeyes meeting at Value City Arena in Columbus. 319-366-1600. I'm just assuming they still call it Value City Arena. I'm too lazy to look it up. It's the Schottenstein Center. Value City is a corporate sponsor, though they can change those names on a whim. I've always thought it was weird, though, when you look at a program as prestigious as the Ohio State University. I say prestigious Some people would say pretentious. A program as pretentious as The Ohio State University, they play their basketball games in a building called Value City Arena. That's just one of the small observations, uninteresting observations that I've made throughout the course of years watching Big Ten basketball. Fran McCaffrey, a little bit more from his media availability yesterday. Discussing, let's see, there's superstition here. Some baseball players don't like to talk about no hitters in progress or hitting streaks or anything like that. But Fran was asked about the fact that Iowa has not lost in four games. It's been really good with that. I mean, I think Sanford obviously is playing the way we all thought he would, the way he thought he would. Been really proud of him. Same thing with Josh Dix. DeSante's, you know, been effective. We've got minutes out of Riley Mulvey. And I'm still comfortable with with Carter if I have to play another guy, Carter Kingsbury. It'd be nice to get you know Joshua Gundelay back. I think he's getting closer, but he's not there yet. A little bit of an injury update on Josh Gundelay and Patrick McCaffrey. Let's see whether or not he gets back into the lineup for the Hawkeyes as well. Take a look at at what Iowa is facing here, and its next stretch of basketball games. This back to back road games at Ohio State, and then five days off before turning around and going to the Breslin Center to take on Tom Izzo and Michigan State. And then after that, I mean, it's this is almost hard to believe. I I was reading a column in the Chicago Tribune earlier today about what it's like to be a parent, and this author, one of my favorite columnists there, was discussing the fact that Her son now is 13 years old, and it was one of those kind of misty-eyed things for for parents, especially first-time parents or or parents of younger kids where you're you're realizing, yeah, this is what the world is like uh, now at this point. But uh, the gist of the column is 
everybody tells you that don't blink because it's going to be over in a flash. The time, time goes by extremely quickly. Well, I think you could apply that to the Big Ten season because Iowa right now is four and three. But you get past tomorrow in Columbus, and then you are hurtling through February. Uh, if, if you look at Iowa's schedule up to, well, let's pick up after the Michigan State game. They get three days off. Then it's Rutgers at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Then two days later, you play the rescheduled Northwestern game at Carver. And then a couple days after, you do get, I think it's five days in between the Northwestern game and the Illinois game on February 4th. Five days later, you're at Purdue. Three days later, you're at Minnesota. Four days later, you're at home against Ohio State. Three days after that, you're in Evanston taking on the Wildcats. Three days after that, you're up in Madison facing the Badgers. Three days after that, it's Michigan State. And then three days after that, you're in Bloomington at Indiana before there's finally a week-long stretch between the Indiana game and the Nebraska game on March 5th, which will end the regular season for the Hawkeyes. It just It's one of these... When you really look at it, you're in January 20th, and it's like the Big Ten tournament is a month and a half away. It is and it isn't, because I have a feeling in the blink of an eye, we're going to be previewing the Big Ten tournament in the middle of March. And just, man, it's a, and it happens every year, but this year in particular, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. Maybe it's just the way that the schedule has laid out for the Hawkeyes, but you get past that initial bye week, and you're flying through the rest of the league schedule. 319-366-1600. One more clip of Fran McCaffrey, a courtesy of the Iowa Hawkeyes, and Spencer, who does the work behind the scenes here and getting these in the system and ready for you to hear. Fran talking about his job coaching this team. You encourage individuals to be confident so that when your opportunity presents itself, not that anybody's hoping somebody gets hurt, but that's, that's what happens through the course of a season. You, know, you, you typically never start the season and everybody plays every minute. So somebody's going to have to have a role that changes. You know, look, at, you know, look at Connor's minutes and then Chris's minutes when he came back. Same thing with Phillip. Those guys are heavy minutes guys. They're, but if they're not there, somebody has to step in. And luckily we have some, some versatility we don't have a lot of depth in the front court. When Patrick comes back, that will obviously help. I think when Josh comes back, that will help. We're trying to develop it with Riley. But we just we encourage our guys to make plays. And if you do that uh, and you're out there thinking for yourself and not thinking for what the coach wants, you, your tendency will be to be able to get to the next play if you make a mistake. You make a mistake, you miss a shot. You know, we don't expect you to be perfect. Run back and play defense. You know, don't don't hang your head and mope and complain to the official. You just run back and play defense. And our guys have bought into that philosophy, and I think it's really helped them. Speaking of complaining to the officials, I don't know if you were paying attention during the Indiana Illinois game last night. A friend of mine was discussing some a mutual acquaintance of ours 
that was high on Illinois last night from a betting perspective. Great spot for the Illini taking on Indiana. Indiana absolutely waxed Illinois last night. But there was a moment in that game in which Mike Woodson drew uh, the, the officials drew the ire of Mike Woodson, Indiana's head coach. And he got teed up for it. And one of the Indiana writers, I believe, works for 24-7 Sports, been around a long time, but tweeted out, basically, I, I don't know if disgust is the right word here, but the fact that, you know, Fran McCaffrey can march all the way into the visitor's side of the floor and almost into their huddle and not get a technical. And Mike would, well, you know, I hate to point this out, but Mike Woodson is the one who said he was going to bring it to the Big Ten office's attention that they needed to maybe take a stricter approach with the behavior of coaches. So it's that meme with the guy in the hot dog suit, right? Looking around, we're all trying to find out who did this. And Mike, you got to be careful what you wish for. You tell the Big Ten, hey, got to start cracking down on these coaches. You got a wild man out there. Look at him. Don't let him get away with this stuff. Big Ten says, okay. I mean, that's, you put yourself on the list, don't you? When you do that, I'm not, I'm not saying Mike Woodson set himself up for retribution with the Big Ten office, but kind of, kind of would raise an eyebrow or two if I were the Big Ten. Somebody was coming to me asking about interpretation of the rules of, okay, you want it applied liberally? We will apply those liberal uh, rules liberally. 319-366-1600. Now, I asked you how concerned you are on a scale of 1 to 10 about the Iowa and Ohio State game tomorrow. Jim and Kyoto is at a 7. Jim said the other day that this is a dangerous game for the Hawkeyes. Ryan and Walford at the other end of the spectrum. Not concerned about tomorrow's game. But I do expect it to be a back-and-forth contest. I think it will come down to the free-throw line. And if Peyton, that's Peyton Sanford, stays hot, I think the Hawks could win by double digits again. I mean, that's the one of the underappreciated storylines of this four-game run that the Hawkeyes are on right now because it's been a long time since I can recall seeing a player in an Iowa uniform go from one far extreme end of the spectrum all the way to the other end. There was a time where Peyton Sanford just, he looked, he didn't look like a Big Ten player, a Big Ten shooter. He looked totally lost. And now, last couple games, last five or six, even dating back to a couple losses for the Hawkeyes, he's, he's dialing in. And if you pay attention to recruiting, you know the Hawkeyes are looking at landing uh, the services of his younger brother as well within the next couple years, committed to the Hawkeye program. He had a big game the other night uh, as well. So they can shoot in that family. Shooting is something that is just, it. it's so difficult to do consistently, I imagine. I mean, I've played basketball before, but not in a competitive 
in a competitive way by any stretch of the imaginations. But we were watching last night. My whole family was watching the Celtics and the Warriors game, which Boston was lucky to win in overtime. My Celtics pulled it out somehow, miraculously pulled out a victory over the Warriors, who I said all along, yes, they are trash on the road. Golden State now 5-18 and 18 on the road this season when they're not playing at home. But uh, they led uh, much of that game last night in the second half. I continue to be amazed by Steph Curry. You look at him, um, he, he makes um, Malcolm Brogdon look like just an okay shooter. Malcolm Brogdon's a pretty good three-point shooter. But Steph Curry, just even on an off night, he's never truly off. But when he's on, he's on shooting and it's a streaky nature not everybody's Steph Curry Steph Curry's a unicorn but in Peyton Sanford if you can just find a little bit of consistency like he has here in the last handful of games for the Hawkeyes look out man it's going to be a, a tough player to guard moving forward in Big Ten play 319-366-1600 0623 says, I feel it's been too long in between games. 7 of 10, when you are hot, you want to keep playing. JW in Cedar Rapids. There is that. There is that question of sit around and twiddle your thumbs. Do you get rusty? Would you rather, if you do finally find your stride, you want to keep going. So we'll see. I would not be surprised if tomorrow... Ohio State, they're going to play like their backs are against the wall. Unless Chris Holtman's completely lost that team, I expect Ohio State to sort of be like a coyote gnawing its own leg off in a, in a steel trap, like desperation level tomorrow against Iowa. I think they're going to want to try to get out of the gate, punch Iowa in the mouth early, and get out to a lead. I don't know whether they're capable capable of that, given how they're playing right now, but that is going to be a desperate team tomorrow. And meanwhile, by circumstances out of Iowa's control, yeah, they were getting hot, and all of a sudden they get a bucket of ice-cold water thrown on them. 319-366-1600, 2662 on the text line. Maybe Ohio State is headed for its worst year in years. Our talent, and we are hot. Riding uh, Chris Murray will have his biggest game and a score prediction. Oh, you guys, I love you. You're right up my alley. 2662 says Iowa 87, Ohio State 72. So make that three consecutive wins in Columbus all by double digits or more. 430, going to take a quick break when we come back. Isaac's going to come join me here in the studio. We're going to do Love It or Leave It, a retooled version of Love It or Leave It after this as we send you off to break here. Just a reminder, vote in the poll question today, KGYMRadio.com, brought to you by Hawkeye Title and Settlement. What is the NFC Championship game going to look like next week? Basically asking you in another roundabout way which two teams are going to win this weekend. Back with more after this. It's the Big Board Update on the gym.
The Iowa men's basketball team is back on the court tomorrow afternoon in Columbus, taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, these two teams have had very different stretches of basketball recently, with the Hawkeyes winning their last four and the Buckeyes losing their last five games. Despite the recent struggles, Iowa head coach Fran McCaffrey knows this is a talented Ohio State squad. They're a really impressive team. I mean, you think about it, they're sitting there at 10 and 3, lost at Duke in an overtime to Carolina and to a ranked uh, San Diego State team. And then they lost five games by a total of 19 points. Tough call against uh, Minnesota. I mean, they got a lot of different weapons. Tip-off time for tomorrow's game is 1 o'clock. You can see it on Fox. On the basketball court last night in women's action from the Missouri Valley Conference, Grace Buffelli scored 18 points to lead UNI over Valpo 89-58. Drake topped UIC 63-51 behind a double-double of 19 points and 12 rebounds from Maggie Bear. And it's another football-filled weekend as the divisional round of the NFL playoffs takes center stage. The final game of the weekend pits the San Francisco Francisco 49ers against the Dallas Cowboys. Former Iowa State Cyclone Brock Purdy is looking to help lead the Niners to a 12th straight victory overall and his seventh as the starting quarterback. His teammate and former Iowa Hawkeye George Kittle talked about Purdy's success as the starter. His confidence when he came in the huddle the very first time against the Dolphins and he delivered against a bunch of cover zeros. I, I, that's what I expect from an NFL quarterback. Now, the fact that he's a rookie who hasn't played all year and then he stepped into that circumstance, yeah, it's surprising, but like that's what you expect of your teammates. And um, I'm just, I'm more just, I'm just excited for him that he's taking advantage of the opportunity that's in front of him because, you know, he could have came in and not done all the greatness that he has done. And he could, we could not be on a 11 game win streak or a one game win streak in the playoffs. Like we could be in a completely different scenario, but because of the way Brock Purdy's played and the way that our guys have responded around him, that's why we are where we are. And we just want to keep playing like that. Game time between the Niners and the Cowboys is set for 5.30 on Sunday. You can hear every game tomorrow and Sunday from the NFL postseason right here on KGYM. Coming up later tonight, we've got the Bedfred Sportsbook Hour starting at 6, followed by ESPN Radio Programming here on the gym. And that's a big board update. I'm Spencer Wagon on KGYM. Eastern Iowa weather on the gym. From the CBS 2 Iowa's News Now with the first forecast center. I'm meteorologist Nick Stewart. Mainly cloudy skies throughout the night tonight. Temperatures dropping to near 20 degrees. West wind around 10 miles per hour. For your Saturday, mainly cloudy skies throughout the day. Temperatures back near 30 degrees for a high. And then we're tracking some light snow late Saturday evening into very early Sunday morning. Saturday night lows dropping to the low 20s. For your Sunday, mainly cloudy back near 30. Monday, mainly cloudy skies continue and temperatures still near 30 degrees. And that was a check of your Iowa's News Now with the first it's almost weird how much you have in common and how hard you make each other laugh. After a lifetime of peopling, this one came along, and that's it. Game over. Now you just have to find the ring and figure out how to ask. The Dickens family can help. Hertine and Stonker Jewelers has been helping proposers choose engagement rings for 70 years. There isn't a thing about diamonds, settings, styles, or metals they can't tell you. And if you think after thousands of happy couples they're so over it, you would be so wrong. At Hertine and Stalker Jewelers, your engagement is as exciting to them as it is to you. Well, okay, almost. It's a great day at Hertine and Stalker Jewelers when they know they've helped someone find the perfect sparkler. And with seven decades of experience, they've got a heck of a track record with getting a yes. So, if proposing is on your mind, see what's sparkling in those famous windows at Hertine and Stalker Jewelers, corner of Dubuque and Washington in downtown Iowa City. Then, step inside and talk to Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of them is always there. 
Just when it feels like smooth sailing, your IT person leaves and rocks your entire business boat. Network overboard! Now who's going to captain your IT ship? Network Computer Solutions. They're ready to hop on board and keep you on course. Whether you're a tiny rowboat or a giant ocean liner, Network Computer Solutions will keep your business cruising along with pricing options that won't make you feel anchored down. Network Computer Solutions is your IT safe harbor. Meet them now at ncsei.com. Find your style with Patriot Lighting Ceiling Fans from Menards. Choose from our huge selection of in-stock options. Patriot Lighting Ceiling Fans add elegance to any room and can help reduce your energy cost year-round. We carry a great selection of different styles and finishes, so you're sure to find a look that's right for you. Save big money on Patriot Lighting Ceiling Fans. You can also view all our lighting options and ceiling fans today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This summer, just say, what the fun, in a rugged, fuel-efficient Honda SUV, America's most fuel-efficient full-line automaker, and have whatever fun you want. Camping, water skiing, a 12-game round-robin travel ball tournament crisscrossing the entire region. What the fun indeed. New Hondas are arriving daily, so get to your Central Midwest Honda dealer today. Honda gets the Midwest. Based on EPA estimate of model year 2020 large full-line automaker fleet-wide fuel economy. 2021 EPA Automotive Trends Report, November 2021. Emil's Hideaway is the place to get together. Stop in for a drink and some chow with your buddies. Emil's opens every day at 4. If you're hanging out at home instead, order pickup and delivery at emilshideaway.com. Emil's Hideaway, a great place to meet up with friends. Hey, little thing, let me light your candle calls the mama. I'm sure all the hand and I just around. Four thirty-seven, coming your way from the southwest side of Cedar Rapids. Stick around. Coming up at six o'clock tonight, it's Matt Peralt and Dave Sherapan from the deserts in Las Vegas. The Betfred Sportsbook Hour, brought to you by Betfred Sportsbook. Dave and Matt will walk you through what should be a highly anticipated wild uh, divisional round weekend in the NFL. Part of my brain is still stuck in last weekend. 319-366-1600. Ed in Iowa City asking about the point spread for tomorrow's Iowa-Ohio State basketball game. Haven't seen anything official yet. I found one place online. I don't. It's not an account that I follow, so I can't vouch for it. But I've seen Iowa catching four points. So Iowa is a little bit of an underdog going to Columbus tomorrow. That intrigues me. Speaking of, well, we'll get to uh, we'll get to Ed's other point on the text line about Iowa and Nebraska wrestling in just a little bit. But Isaac is in the studio with me. Isaac, our new producer here on the KG Williams side of the building. Isaac, which game are you most looking forward to watching this weekend? For football, football. Yeah, I. Th- I'm really intrigued by the Jaguars right now. I think they are building something or could be building something really interesting that could have long-term. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is so young and had so much potential, um, has just about every quality you look for in a young quarterback. Um, So I'm really interested, obviously going up against somewhat of a juggernaut in the AFC right now against the Chiefs. Um, I don't think they win the game, but I am interested to see um, kind of how the Jaguars uh, team plays against a team uh, 
kind of that has the reputation that the Jaguars are trying to build towards sort of thing. All right, so this is love it or leave it. This is sort of retooled with just one person here doing this. So I'm going to – I got numbers here in front of me. Listeners are already salivating like Pavlov's dog here. They're waiting to hear the voice that says the numbers. But I'm going to have you read the first one here in just a second, okay? It's pretty simple, self-explanatory. You got any questions? I think I think I'm good. You should have no questions. Okay. Give me just give me just two seconds. Number one. Iowa will run its win streak to five tomorrow in Columbus. I I love this. I do think the Hawkeyes are gonna win. I'm as I mentioned, very intrigued by the fact that they appear to be the underdog tomorrow. It's difficult to win on the road in the Big Ten. It really truly is. And we've seen that pretty much all across the conference so far this season. You say that every year, but look at Ohio State going into Nebraska. You think, okay, they're gonna they're gonna win. They're, there's no way they're gonna lose five in a row earlier in the week, and it happened. I mean, uh, Minnesota at home has been tougher than certainly when they go and play on the road, but um, Minnesota also picking off a, a game against Ohio State. So maybe the Buckeyes are the common denominator here. I don't know, but. I like Iowa's chances. Now, as we've raised the point here, the listeners have raised the point today, Iowa was really seemingly coming together. They were gelling, and when that happens, the last thing you want to do is have anything affect the chemistry. Injuries, oh, I don't know, not playing for as many days as Iowa has has not played. So I, w- I would not be surprised to see Ohio State struggle tomorrow, but I really do. I think Iowa's going to run that victory streak to five. And then, well, getting to six is easier said than done because the Breslin Center has always been a house of horrors for the Hawkeyes. Just do. Number two. The Eagles should be on upset alert this weekend. I am going to leave this as much as it pains me to say. I was mentioning earlier in the in the show today, that I've, I've become sort of an adopted Giants fan here in the postseason. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I think the job that Brian Dable has done this season with the Giants, who are a seven-and-a-half-point underdog this weekend, is very notable. But I, I have concerns about Philadelphia. I do. I don't think we know how healthy Jalen Hurts is. We'll get an update from Diana Rossini of ESPN coming up in the 5 o'clock hour today. But if you had me put any team on upset alert uh, upset alert this weekend, I, th- I think it would be a team in the AFC. I don't want to give anything away here for drive time. The 5 o'clock hour coming up brought to you by Linder Tire and lindertire.com. But I liked the Giants earlier in the week. I had them beating the Vikings last week. I was right about that. But I, my temperature is cooling a little bit when it comes to the Giants right now. And whether or not Jalen Hurts is healthy enough to start and finish that game, I think is going to be huge for the Eagles. But I do not think that the Giants should be on up, uh, that the Eagles are on upset alert this weekend. So I will leave that. Number three, Brock Purdy will throw his first interception Sunday night against the Cowboys. Okay, I'm going to love this, but don't get upset at me, Iowa State fans, because I know you're out there, and I know you like to get upset at the slightest perceived knock on anything related to uh, to Iowa State. I'm playing the odds here. I'm playing the percentages. 
Brock Purdy hasn't thrown an interception since he's taken over as the starter for the 49ers. Uh, there was a report, uh, Pro Football Focus, I believe, that stated the uh, there's a report in San Francisco that says if Jimmy Garoppolo gets healthy, they're sticking with Brock Purdy, which I think is the smart thing to do here. He's thrown 12 touchdowns and no interceptions since taking over as the starter in, I believe it was week 15. Does that sound about right? Dallas's defense is, they're pretty good. Uh, I think they've slid backwards a little bit in the back half of the season, but I'm, this is nothing against Brock Purdy, who I, again, I'm going to be consistent about this. I've got San Francisco winning the Super Bowl this year, and if I've got San Francisco winning the Super Bowl this year, then I can't sit here and knock Brock Purdy too much, but I'm going to play the law of averages. He's gone 12 touchdowns, no interception. He's going to make a mistake at some point in time, and I think he's going up against a Dallas team that can possibly generate a mistake. But I do like San Francisco to win the game this weekend. So so put the por- put the pitchforks and torches down. I'm not knocking Brock Purdy. I'm just saying maybe he throws an interception this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised. But they, they're going to win the game. Number three. Iowa basketball fans should be nervous about the Notre Dame job. I am going to leave this. I said this at the beginning of the program. I think it's kind of it's smart to see people mentioning Fran McCaffrey and the ties that he has to the program. You see this all the time. Like if you're a fan and your school has an opening, where does your mind immediately go to? Your mind immediately goes to guys who have ties to your program. So don't get upset that other people are doing the same thing. Now, those ties, they're probably a, a little bit frayed by now. I mean, John McLeod and Digger Phelps, were that was a long, long time ago in South Bend. And Fran McCaffrey was there for 11 years. His wife played basketball there. They met there. Uh, there are, as I've been told in the past, the Notre Dame job has really interested him uh, over the course of his entire coaching career. But... I don't think people, even ourselves in the media, uh, oftentimes understand how it takes almost the perfect convergence of what's going on in the universe to get somebody to a job. I, I keep looking back, Steve Alford at Indiana, and I mean, everybody and their brother knew that he wanted to be the head coach at, at his alma mater. Not necessarily maybe the guy who replaced Bob Knight because you don't want to be the guy who replaces a legend. And toward the end of his tenure in Iowa and Bob Knight's tenure at Indiana, and Bob Knight was kind of always looking over his shoulder anytime Iowa played Indiana. And that's that famous moment. I don't know how many people even remember it of Bobby Knight sneaking up behind Sam Alford, Steve's dad, an Iowa assistant coach, and slapping him on the back. But here we are, 20 some odd years later and it hasn't happened and I don't think it will happen for Steve Alford but you got to have just the right convergence of all these little factors to wind up getting jobs that you're interested in or or that you maybe have your eyes on when you're younger so maybe Fran McCaffrey at one point in his career wouldn't have minded being the head coach at Notre Dame but again it takes a lot of things coming together for that to actually happen. Plus, you don't even know if Notre Dame is interested. But, again, I think it makes sense to 
throw his name out there in a very long list of candidates. I mean, if you name 15 possible candidates for a job, only one person's going to get it. 14 won't. So I don't know what difference that necessarily makes. But was that number four? I accidentally pushed number three. So people heard three twice there. I'm not on my game today. So, oh, so here we go. Number five. Let's finish up strong. The Bills-Bengals game will be the best entertainment in sports this weekend. Uh, okay. I am going to leave this because as much as I'm looking forward to that game, and there's an NFL story out there that I want to get to in the 5 o'clock hour that I think is garnering a lot of feedback and a lot of interest today. And quite frankly, not much of it has been good feedback for the NFL. Is that going to be the most interesting thing in sports this weekend? My answer to that is no, because UFC uh, 280, is it 83? Are we up to 283 now with the uh, UFC fights? Davis and Figueredo and Brandon Moreno have fought three times over the course of their careers. Each has a win. The, the very first time that they met, uh, it wound up being a draw. Uh, I've watched these guys fight. The last two fights I've seen, and the flyweight division in the UFC is really, really fun. And I, I, this is the co-main event because Glover Teixeira is the headliner uh, tomorrow night. But I think this one is going to be well worth the price of whatever it is people legally pay for for, for pay-per-views. Pay Davison Figueredo wants to move up a weight class. He's trying to be a, a dual title holder at this point. Brandon Moreno is a great, great sort of underdog story, uh, Mexican fighter. That's going to be the most entertaining event in sports this weekend. But playoff football, kind of right there behind him. How did I do, Isaac? Do you, do you agree or disagree with me on any of the things that I just said? Your job does not hinge on agreeing with me 100% of the time. Um, 98% of the time. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with a lot of them. Um, as far as for the weekend, um, something to look out for. I'm a big soccer fan, as I've made Here we go. well, Here well we go. aware. What do we got coming up this so weekend? So we have, it's a very classic rivalry. It was more intense in the 2000s, but um, Manchester United versus Arsenal is on Sunday, I believe. Um, I am expecting Arsenal to win that. I am, I'm a Manchester United fan. I'm expecting Arsenal to win that because Manchester United are going to be out just a couple of key players. Um, but as far as soccer um, or what I'm looking forward to this weekend is that game because if Manchester United can win it, um, it has a lot of implications as far as Premier League title goes. Um, it could put Manchester United square in a title race with Arsenal. Um, so pretty important game, I'd say. There you go. Okay, we got the soccer. It did not. It didn't take a week here, and you're comfortable coming in here firebombing me with Manchester United and Arsenal. Give me a score prediction at least. What are we looking at here? Give me. Well, it's at Arsenal. It's at the Emirates. I'd go. I think United can at least get one. I'd go somewhere around two-one, maybe three-one Arsenal. Okay. The degenerates who are listening to the program right now looking for any angle that they possibly can. Isaac says both teams to score tomorrow. That would, yeah, that's, that, not, that's not bad. In yeah. that particular matchup. There you go. That's love it or leave it. 
We'll take a quick break, 4.51, just a 60-second break. When we come back, as I mentioned, Ed in Iowa City mentioning or asking about whether or not there's a line on the Iowa-Ohio State game for basketball tomorrow. Not that I've seen yet, but there is a betting line available for another Hawkeye sport. Give you a little bit of a preview of Iowa and Nebraska on the mats after this. 60 seconds back after this. For people trying to recover from opioid use disorder, it's hard to know where to begin. At iowaopioidhelp.com, you'll find resources near you for proven treatment and a road back to your old self. Because opioid addiction is not a character flaw, it's an illness. If you or a loved one is struggling with opioid use disorder, visit iowaopioidhelp.com today. Start here, start healing. Sponsored by the Iowa Attorney General's Office and the Iowa Broadcasters Association in cooperation with this station. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs kicks off with a Saturday doubleheader. Hi, this is Scott Graham. Join me and the rest of our Westwood One crew for all the action. First, the Jacksonville Jaguars take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Then, it's an NFC East battle between the Giants and Eagles in Philly. Coverage begins at 4 p.m. Eastern. From the wild card round all the way to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona, the NFL playoffs are right here. Hear the NFL playoffs right here on the gym. we do have a lot more to say here we got drive time the five o'clock hour coming up in just a little bit stick around because we will take a closer look at what's going on in the sports world tonight lots of games to get to in the nba lots of news to get to today as well including i think one of the more intriguing moves of the offseason in major league baseball the minnesota twins have made a trade with the Miami Marlins today. Speaking of the Twins, thoughts and prayers going out to former Cedar Rapids Colonels manager Jake Maurer on the passing of his father, Big Jake Maurer, the father of uh, three really good baseball players, Billy, Jake, and uh, perhaps you know Joe Maurer, the 2009 American League most valuable player, all signing and playing for the Minnesota Twins organization. Joe was the only one to make it to the majors. But I had an opportunity several years ago when Jake Maurer was managing here, little Jake was managing the Cedar Rapids Colonels to meet Jake Maurer. And he was definitely a larger-than-life figure, as you would imagine, somebody who had three sons who played professional baseball, including Joe Maurer, who a really bad rap from Twins fans. I don't know what they wanted from Joe Maurer, but I always thought he was a much better baseball player than some people, especially toward the tail end of his career, viewed him as. But big Jake Maurer passing away. Patrick Royce of the Minneapolis media reporting that last night and others confirming that that has indeed taken place. So our condolences to Jake Maurer. If you were listening to yesterday's program, we talked a little Colonel's baseball with Corbin Day, who's going to be the hitting coach for Brian Dinkelman and the Colonels this summer here in Cedar Rapids. The Ely native, you want to go back and listen. It wasn't a very long chat, but the podcast from yesterday is available at KGYM Radio. While you're there, you can vote in the poll question. We're asking you who you think will be playing in the NFC Championship game 
next weekend. Take a look coming up in the 5 o'clock hour drive time brought to you by Linder Tire and LinderTire.com at these four games because I think they are all four very intriguing games. I think there are a couple where you do run the risk of maybe the game can get away and get a little bit ugly. And yeah, it involves both of the number one seeds. I'm really going out on a pretty strong limb there. I know, as I want to do, but it's not necessarily a hot take. But Kansas City and Philadelphia, if things break their way, I think both can win easily. Now, do I think it's going to happen? We'll take a look from a point spread perspective. We've got some folks at ESPN nationally who are going to weigh in as well, weighed in earlier today on the ESPN national programs that you hear on KGYM. Diana Rossini with an, a health update on Jalen Hurts, who really his performance and his health is going to hinge on uh, the Eagles' success is going to hinge on whether or not he is healthy enough to not only start the game, but make it to the end of the game. Because anytime a guy is a little dinged up, the NFL is a violent league, and you know what the game plan is going to be defensively from the New York Giants. Giants are going to try to get to Jalen Hurts. They're going to try to hit him, get him on the ground as much as possible, and make his life miserable. Iowa and Nebraska are getting ready for a big duel. And this is one of the things I love about circus sports because circus sports, when they opened their sports book in Iowa, took feedback from a lot of people. And one of the things that they were suggested, it was suggested that they do, is offer lines on various wrestling meets. Right now, circus sports Iowa. There's a $1,000 limit on it, so they're not going to let you bet the house. Iowa minus 16 and a half tonight against the Huskers in Iowa City. So if you, if you know you're wrestling and you think Iowa's going to win that duel by 17 or more, you might be able to make a little money off that. i got to step aside for just a little bit. When we come back, we have the 5 o'clock hour. Drive time is next on KGYM. The new year is here. Time for a change. Start a recession-resistant new career in the high-demand IT field with My Computer Career. In just months, already in IT? Build your cybersecurity skills and prep for thousands of open positions employers nationwide are desperate to fill. Attend classes live online or on campus. And financial aid is available to those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Make this your year. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Attention. Per the current government mandate, U.S.-based insurers are now required to cover at-home COVID testing kits with no out-of-pocket fees to you. If you have a current insurance plan, you are eligible to receive up to eight COVID-19 tests shipped to you each month absolutely free as long as the government mandate is in effect. Just visit yourfreetest.net to register now. That's yourfreetest.net to receive your tests shipped to you at no cost. Go to yourfreetest.net. Medicare insured are not eligible. Meet Joe A, Joe B, and Joe C. What's up? Three everyday Joes perfecting their banking with Chase. Joe A is locking his lost debit card with the Chase mobile app. Joe B is cruising toward his new ride with Autosave. And Joe C's Chase banker is helping him budget to go back to school. Tools that help protect, support for what's next. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. 
Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Messaging and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. Okay, easy now. You're teaching your kid how to parallel park. Ouch! <laughs> Turns out he likes to do it by feel. <laughs> Don't worry, eBay Motors has bumpers, taillights, trunk lids, license plate holders, 122 million parts. Pull up just a little bit. And headlights. <laughs> They've got lots of headlights. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. This is KGYM Sierra Rapids, 1600 AM and 102.3 FM. KGYM Sports Radio, the gym. The gym. This is SportsCenter. I'm Doug Brown. The NFL's divisional playoff round kicks off tomorrow. Jaguars and Chiefs in Kansas City. Then the Eagles and Giants in Philadelphia. The Giants got a wild card road win over the Vikings, but ESPN's Tim Hasselbeck says this game will be a bit different. Daniel Jones needs to, you know, maybe of his career, have the best passing game of his career if they're going to have success against a much bigger challenge than he faced a week ago. Tim Hasselbeck, the Bengals will play Sunday's game against the Bills without three starting offensive linemen. Jonah Williams with a dislocated kneecap. Alex Kappa with a left ankle injury, both out. Joining Lyle Collins, who was already out with a torn left ACL. The Marlins make a trade with the Twins to get AL batting champ Luis Arise. In return, Minnesota gets right-hander Pablo Lopez and two top prospects. It's the first time a player who just won a batting title was traded since the Twins sent Rod Carew to the Angels after the 1978 season. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier to help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. ESPN Radio Extra Point with Ian Fitzsimmons. He and his agent are going to entertain any team that wants to give up a, a minimum of a first-round draft pick because he's still literally un under contract with the New Orleans Saints to increase his market value. Denver, if you want him, oh, he's in Houston right now talking to Texans. Well, Broncos, you want him and all that, you know, Walmart money? Oh, he's in Carolina today talking to the Carolina Panthers. He's playing the game. Perfectly. People are wondering, would Sean Payton want to go and try and fix Russell Wilson? Sean Payton already was willing to take Russell Wilson when he was with the New Orleans Saints. Absolutely. So this Carolina tour and the Houston tour and, you know, this is all playing the game and driving his market value even higher mm -hmm. than it already is because he is right now not even close the most coveted coach out there in the National Football League. If you're hiring for your company, this is a busy time of year. Obviously, new year means new goals and finding the right people to accomplish them. Thankfully, there's ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter uses its powerful matching technology to find the right candidates for your job. Let ZipRecruiter help you find the best people for all of your roles. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, Maria in Miami, and Jules and Troy. 
taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today is the 15th anniversary of a very difficult Green Bay Packers loss. And every time I have looked at social media today, some sports book or ESPN or some NFL writer is putting into my timeline, not, not directly to me, but highlights of the Giants' victory over the Packers 15 years ago, the ending of the Brett Favre era in Green Bay. I don't need to see that again. That was uh, did the Giants do anything when they went on to the Super Bowl that year? Anything memorable happen in that Super Bowl? That was a ripe, ripe Super Bowl for the Green Bay Packers to win, and they couldn't even get there. Okay, this is not therapy hour. It's a lot cheaper, cheaper for me anyway. But you don't need to hear me complaining about 15-year-old games. It's drive time, 5 o'clock hour on the Todd Brownell Camp Show is brought to you by Linder Tire. Right on their reputation for great service and savings by making your next appointment with them. Simply go to lindertire.com and pick the date, time, and location that works best for you. They'll get you booked. They'll get back to you. Linder Tire can be found in Iowa City, North Liberty, and Grinnell. I don't normally spend a whole lot of time on NFL mock drafts, but there's a pretty interesting one that is out there at the moment that has a familiar name being taken not only in the first round, but in the top 10. I get to that here in the 5 o'clock hour. Stick around after I'm done tonight. Normally local programming is off the air at 6 o'clock, but we got a special show for you on Fridays. It's the Betfred Sportsbook Hour with Matt Peralt and Dave Sherapan. Matt will be joining me again on Monday at 5 o'clock. Dave on Thursday at 5 o'clock. These guys know their stuff, and they're going to be taking a look at the weekend to come in the NFL. So are we here. I'm going to give you some information on those four games to come. And you, uh, you, you, asked for, you have asked for it. You want it. I will pick the games, I will pick the totals, and you can then log on to your favorite sportsbook app and you can fade me. You can go the opposite, run the opposite direction because I'm quote-unquote always wrong. Nobody is always wrong, nobody is always right. But you never hear from the people who say, great job nailing the Giants last week, or man, you were sweating it, but... Jaguars money line, it paid off. Great call. You hear from the people when you are wrong. I'm wrong a lot. 319-366-1600. You're still listening. What does that say about you? Uh, I do want to mention this. This is a this bothers me. And I think it probably bothers a number of you out there listening as well. Because and the circumstances behind this this season are are difficult 
because we're talking about this story because an NFL player almost literally died before our eyes four weeks ago in Cincinnati when DeMar Hamlin went into cardiac arrest and the Bengals and the Bills couldn't finish playing that game. They could have. I think the NFL thinks they could have. Luckily, the coaches and players said absolutely not. It led to a dilemma in the in the National Football League offices. What do we do about home field advantage? And the scenario, there's a scenario that was put into place for an AFC championship game that would take place at a neutral site, and the neutral site being uh, in Atlanta, where the Atlanta Falcons play. And, of course, this is, again, this is a hypothetical situation. They sold 50,000 tickets to this game that may not even take place in 24 hours. 50,000 tickets for the AFC title game that may or may not take place between the Bills and the Chiefs. Kind of want to see the Bengals win now this weekend just to to clear that up, but I don't know whether they will with the offensive line issues. This has led to speculation. And Pro Football Focus has an article, I, I've dis, I heard it discussed on ESPN, mentioned sort of in passing. Mike Florio, Pro Football Focus, says uh, in a piece that he wrote today, it doesn't feel like an if. It feels like a win. Win what, Mike? Well, the NFL possibly moving championship games, much like the college ranks, to neutral sites. Again, Mike Florio says it doesn't feel like an if, it feels like a win. 50,000 tickets sold in 24 hours, and have, have astute, uh, astute observers have pointed out, why, would the, why is the NFL putting out information about tickets sold to a game that may not even be played, and, and why the timing? Why would they put this out now? It, look, if they're priming the pump for a move of championship games, I think it's going to backfire. I think it would blow up in their faces tremendously if they decided that they were going to go and instead of taking the number one seed and truly giving a one seed home field advantage, because I understand possibly what the NFL may be thinking here, the old level playing field, right? Like it sure is a shame that a team has home field advantage all the way through the, well, don't you want if you're the NFL don't you want that 3193661600 don't you want teams treating the regular season with the level of importance that it's treated with now because there's a huge difference between being the number 1 seed and being the number 2 seed if you're the number 2 seed you know still going to have to go on the road if it's that number 1 seed on the other side of the bracket why would the <laughs> stop? I'm going to stop myself. Money. The answer is money. Well, I was going to ask, why would the NFL do this? Money. The answer to the answer to why anybody does anything in this day and age. Money. Fifty thousand tickets 
in 24 hours. I believe these were season ticket holders of both the Chiefs and the Bills. They were given an opportunity to purchase tickets to this game that, again, may or may not take place in Atlanta. Is there anybody out there that wants to see this? 319-366-1600. What would this do to the regular season if the NFL decided to follow the for lack of a better term, the college model of get the college football playoff. If you if you've got the number two and three seeds, you're not playing at the number two seeds. You're playing in the Sugar Bowl or you're playing in the Rose Bowl. Neutral site. Does it make it more fair? You certainly would make more money with this. They're gonna put these games in. They would hate this. The NFL would absolutely hate to see the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field as the number one seed because Soldier Field is the smallest stadium in the NFL. They would that's not saying that they have to worry about that because A, I don't think the Bears are going to be playing at Soldier Field much longer. They're going to be moving to Arlington Heights. And B, not that they have to worry about the Bears playing in an NFC Championship game at any point in time, but I just I think that would take so much of the importance out of the regular season. You know what granted you're still positioning yourself and seeding in theory matters. But what would the number one seed have to play for? That you have home field advantage up to the point where you're one game away from the Super Bowl and then you go to a neutral site? I don't know. Mike and Marengo says, I think if they do this, fans will burn the NFL to the ground. It is a terrible idea. 82-20 says... This probably is expanding to nine, laying the groundwork for expansion. Three buys, and then neutral championship game. 5641 on the text line. Only way I think it would be neat to have neutral sites for the championship games is if they're played at the same stadium back-to-back like the Final Four. My first thought, the the NFL's first thought there is two separate tickets. It's not, you're not getting into the final four and seeing two games for the price of one, not with the NFL, if they ever, if they ever went to that model. I hate this. I just, I absolutely hate this. There's something about, and take away the Bears and the Packers and teams that play at outdoor stadiums and whether or not that's an advantage because look when, look when these championship games are played in January, we get it. I understand. Uh, sometimes leads to playing a game outdoors in less than favorable conditions. We just celebrated what the twenty second anniversary what was the Tuck Rule anniversary the other day. Uh, the snow on the ground and the Raiders and the Patriots and Tom Brady. He fumbled, but that's neither here nor there at this point. I I think there's something to be said about a team playing and now 18 game schedule 18 week schedule in the regular season to try to make sure that they have home field advantage home turf advantage that they're playing for a trip to the Super Bowl in a stadium that is 90% their fan base don't take this and put it in a dome somewhere could you imagine getting to a point some year where Maybe it's the Giants and the Packers reenacting that 
15 year ago victory by the Giants. Again, I'm bringing this up because it's been just force fed to me all day long. I cannot look to my left or right without seeing highlights from 15 years ago today when the Giants beat the Packers. But to take two outdoor teams like that, that seemed so in their element, you want to tell me that you would put a Giants Packers NFC championship game in a dome in Atlanta? That just doesn't feel like the NFL. You know what it feels like? It feels like college football. And again, one of the unique things that I think separates professional football from college football is there's such an emphasis on home field advantage when it comes to the NFL. You get into the postseason, you're playing the Cowboys at Jerry World, and you're playing the Chiefs outdoors in Arrowhead. Mike and Marengo hates domes. I do too, Mike. Football is a game meant to be played outdoors in varying elements, but domes are the way of the future. Now, I feel like saying that, I feel like a 1960s Texan looking at the Astrodome being built on the horizons of of the city of Houston. Uh, They are the future of teams that are building new stadiums. Because why? You can't have an outdoor Super Bowl. I mean, they've done it. Uh, They have not liked it. But your outdoor Super Bowls are in places like California, Florida. It limits the the possibilities of where you can play that game. A couple years ago, they did play the Super Bowl in New York. I think they decided, okay, we've had enough of this. We're going to play this in a dome moving forward. You look at any new stadium that's built, football, baseball, Got a dome, got a retractable roof. Why is that so important? You're not losing baseball teams in particular because you're not losing the revenue from rainouts. But football teams, if you play in a dome, what can you host? You can host a Super Bowl. Now, it hasn't turned out very often where we've seen the team that hosts the Super Bowl have home field advantage. It worked quite well for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when that was the case. But... That Bears uh, new stadium in Arlington Heights, that thing's going to have a dome on it because they want to host a Super Bowl in the city of Chicago. And think about that. The third largest city in the United States can't get a Super Bowl. It doesn't have a dome. They want a dome. Up until that point, Bears should have home field advantage. And quite frankly, the more I think about it, I think it's great that the Bears would be moving to Arlington Heights and, and let's face it, will be moving to Arlington Heights. But, man, I kind of I don't like the idea of not playing outdoors in Chicago. That would leave Green Bay as the only team in the division playing outdoor football, which just don't give them any ideas because the next time that they're going to put stock on sale, it'll be 400 or $500 instead of the 300 that it was last time, and the renovation project that fans will be footing the bill for is putting a retractable roof on Lambeau Field. Not going to happen. 7089 says concerts as well. True. Nobody's rushing to see. I was See, I was going to date myself by saying Bruce Springsteen. Nobody's going to run to see Bruce Springsteen outdoors at Soldier Field in January. Oh, give me something the Jonas Brothers. Give me something the young kids can relate to. I got, the young, I got young people beating me up on Twitter because they can't. Their reading comprehension is terrible today. 
I saw something I didn't like. I went all old man, and they think they're owning me. They think that now, no, I'm not going to get into it. Twitter is so stupid. Twitter is dumb. Twitter, unfortunately, is also, and you're in this business, it's a great way to mine information, get information at the fingertips for a show. 319-366-1600. I just, I don't like this idea, but the NFL is looking at those 50,000 tickets sold in 24 hours, and they're saying, wow, not a bad idea. Who gets that revenue, by the way? Yeah, National Football League. 319-366-1600. Now, I mentioned that I'm not a huge fan of mock drafts, but we are officially in mock mock draft season. And I came across one today that really, really jumped out at me, and not in particular because it was at NFL.com and Daniel Jeremiah, who I think does a tremendous job of covering the NFL draft, is the author of this particular mock draft. But Lucas Van Ness, a top 10 draft pick right now, according to NFL.com's Daniel Jeremiah. Now, Lucas Van Ness technically was a sophomore this year from an eligibility standard, but he chose to not return to the Hawkeyes next season to go into the NFL draft. It's interesting because CBS Sports has a mock draft out as well, and I think his name is the only one that's not in the top 10 similar mock drafts. The one that CBS has right now, Lucas Van Ness, is not in the first round. <laughs> and theirs is a consensus. It was all their writers coming up with a... But Daniel Jeremiah is a big Lucas Van Ness fan. He has him going at number eight to the Atlanta Falcons, which, again, you look at just the tremendous growth that he exhibited this season for the Hawkeyes. It's fun to dream on him coming back along with all of the other returning defensive players, but there's a reason. I think he's going to go to the Combine, and after the Combine is over, you will probably see more mock drafts with Lucas Van Ness, at least somewhere in the first round. Number eight overall, probably a little bit of a reach, but if you're going strictly on potential, I think a lot of it's there. It's an NFL player if I've seen one. Now, the Bears at number one, according to Daniel Jeremiah, Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia with the number one pick, followed by, no surprise here, the Houston Texans. Still cannot believe that Lovey Smith won that game in Indianapolis and stuck it to the team that he knew was going to fire him, even if they had lost the game. He wasn't going to get that job back. Bryce Young goes at number two to the Texans in Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft. The Arizona Cardinals taking a player that the Chicago Bears have been tied to, mentioned to a lot, and that's Bama edge rusher Will Anderson. Will Levis, who did not play against the Hawkeyes in the Music City Bowl for Kentucky, but has played against Iowa as quarterback of the Penn State Nittany Lions, Going number four to the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have, for the last several years, decided that they were going to go out and find, quote-unquote, experienced veteran quarterbacks to try to replace Andrew Luck. And it hasn't worked for them. So 
I give them credit here. There's no way that they are not drafting a quarterback this year. Will Levis, some people are trying to generate buzz for Will Levis to be the number one pick overall. I think the Colts would be very happy if he were there for them at number four. Uh, The Seahawks at five take Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. The Lions at six. This is where it gets really interesting because it's a run on Big Ten players and not from traditional Big Ten powers. Well, the tail end one. Four consecutive Big Ten players going beginning at number six to the Lions. Devin Witherspoon of Illinois, who is a tremendous cornerback, goes to the Lions at six in this particular mock draft. The Raiders at seven. Daniel Jeremiah has them taking Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. He would be the first offensive lineman off the board. He's a tackle. Falcons at eight with Lucas Van Ness. And then, oh, yeah, after the Illinois Northwestern and Iowa players have been drafted, Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud falls to the Panthers at number nine. Rounding out the top ten is Clemson edge rusher Miles Murphy, who would go to the Philadelphia Eagles. 319-366-1600. Those are not even worth the paper that you choose to print them on if you read them on the Internet, but fascinating to see such a gulf in opinion on one player. One guy's got Lucas Van Ness as the eighth overall pick in the draft, and a tag team of NFL draft experts at CBS don't even have him in their first round. Now, that will change. Again, things will change over the course of the coming weeks and months, especially after the Combine in Indianapolis. 319-366-1600. I think I mentioned this before on the air, but I have a major, major soft spot in my heart for Lucas Van Ness because he's from my dad's hometown of Barrington, Illinois. And anytime I see somebody come through and have success from Barrington, Illinois, it just I feel a connection to them. So I'm rooting for Lucas Van Ness, just like I'm rooting for Casey Kreider from my hometown of Dewitt, Iowa, the long snapper for the New York Giants this weekend as they look to once again shock the world going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Third time the charm for the Giants this season. Probably not. Let's get into those matchups when we return after this. Todd Brawlkamp's show on Eastern Iowa's home for ESPN Radio. KGYM, back in a few. It's the Big Board Update on the gym. The Iowa men's basketball team is back on the court tomorrow afternoon in Columbus, taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, these two teams have had very different stretches of basketball recently, with the Hawkeyes winning their last four and the Buckeyes losing their last five games. Despite the recent struggles, Iowa head coach Fran McCaffrey knows this is a talented Ohio State squad. They're a really impressive team. I mean, you think about it, they're sitting there at 10-3, and three, lost at Duke in an overtime to Carolina and to a ranked uh, San Diego State team. And then they lost five games by a total of 19 points. Tough call against uh, Minnesota. I mean, they got a lot of different weapons. 
Tip-off time for tomorrow's game is 1 o'clock. You can see it on Fox. On the basketball court last night in women's action from the Missouri Valley Conference, Grace Buffelli scored 18 points to lead UNI over Valpo 89-58. Drake topped UIC 63-51 behind a double-double of 19 points and 12 rebounds from Maggie Bear. And it's another football-filled weekend as the divisional round of the NFL playoffs takes center stage. The final game of the weekend pits the San Francisco 49ers against the Dallas Cowboys. Former Iowa State Cyclone Brock Purdy is looking to help lead the Niners to a 12th straight victory overall and his seventh as the starting quarterback. His teammate and former Iowa Hawkeye George Kittle talked about Purdy's success as the starter. His confidence when he came in the huddle the very first time against the Dolphins and he delivered against a bunch of cover zeros. I, I, that's what I expect from an NFL quarterback. Now, the fact that he's a rookie who hasn't played all year and then he stepped into that circumstance, yeah, it's surprising, but like that's what you expect of your teammates. And um, I'm just, I'm more just, I'm just excited for him that he's taking advantage of the opportunity that's in front of him because, you know, he could have came in and not done all the greatness that he has done. And he could, we could not be on a 11 game win streak or a one game win streak in the playoffs. Like we could be in a completely different scenario, but because of the way Brock Purdy's played and the way that our guys have responded around him, that's why we are where we are and we just want to keep playing like that. Game time between the Niners and the Cowboys is set for 5.30 on Sunday. You can hear every game tomorrow and Sunday from the NFL postseason right here on KGYM. Coming up later tonight, we've got the Bedfred Sportsbook Hour starting at 6, followed by ESPN Radio Programming here on the gym. And that's a big board update. I'm Spencer Wagon on KGYM. Eastern Iowa weather on the gym. From the CBS to Iowa's News Now with the first forecast center. I'm meteorologist Nick Stewart. Mainly cloudy skies throughout the night tonight. Temperatures dropping to near 20 degrees. West wind around 10 miles per hour. For your Saturday, mainly cloudy skies throughout the day. Temperatures back near 30 degrees for a high. And then we're tracking some light snow late Saturday evening into very early Sunday morning. Saturday night lows dropping to the low 20s. For your Sunday, mainly cloudy back near 30. Monday, mainly cloudy skies continue and temperatures still near 30 degrees. And that was a check of your Iowa's News Now with the Forecast. Good sportsmanship matters during the game and in life. So Fairfax State Savings Bank and the gym are proud to shine the spotlight on KGYM's community MVP. Recognizing good sports around here and letting you know how to get in the game too. Big Brothers Big Sisters of Cedar Rapids and East Central Iowa and Big Brothers Big Sisters of Johnson County provide children facing adversity with strong and enduring relationships. Bowl for Kids Sake is back and it's their biggest event. Form a team today and Bowl for Kids Sake. Details at KGYMRadio.com click on community mvp the bank here is now the bank here here and here Fairfax State Savings Bank has a new third location in the heart of Kingston Village in Cedar Rapids. This new location, focused on commercial and private lending, demonstrates Fairfax State Savings Bank's dedication to growing alongside you in the corridor. Fairfax State Savings Bank in Fairfax, Amana, and now by appointment for commercial and private lending in Cedar Rapids at their new Kingston office, Fairfax State Savings Bank. Visit thebankhere.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Menards has everything you need to light your home. Combine stylish lighting with the advantages of LED technology with Fight Electric dimmable light bulbs. The vintage look is ideal for open fixtures, and the traditional design creates a warm, contemporary feeling. These 60-watt equivalent bulbs are available in soft white or daylight and last five times longer than traditional incandescent light bulbs. Save big money on your energy costs with Fight Electric dimmable LED light bulbs at Menards. Save big Working out has been proven to increase your self-esteem, help with depression, anxiety, and stress. At iGym, we care about you as a person. 
That's why we have personal trainers you can connect with, group exercise classes so you don't feel alone, saunas to help you relax, and many more amenities. This year, I'm doing it for me. This year, I'm joining iGym for me. Start your health journey for less than $1 a day. Head over to joinigymia.com to learn more. One innocent click could lock down your entire network for ransom. Hackers are getting more and more devious, so teach your employees to check before they click. When you open an email, hover over the address to see where it's really coming from. If it doesn't match, is misspelled, or looks off in any way, delete it. Remember, any email could be a trick, so check before you click. This message presented by Network Computer Solutions. Download their complete Protect Your Network guide at ncsei.com. Emil's Hideaway is the place to get together. Stop in for a drink and some chow with your buddies. Emil's opens every day at 4. If you're hanging out at home instead, order pickup and delivery at emilshideaway.com. Emil's Hideaway, a great place to meet up with friends. Things got awkward if you're a Minnesota Twins ticket holder for the April 23rd game against the Washington Nationals at Target Field. It's Louise Arias Bat Day, the 2016 Midwest League All-Star with the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Going to be honored with commemorative miniature bats for his batting title, the AL batting champion. One problem. He ain't going to be at Target Field on April 23rd for that game because today it was announced that the Twins have sent him to the Miami Marlins for right-handed pitcher Pablo Lopez and two minor league players. Arias hit 316 a year ago, 375 on base percentage, and was worth a little over almost four and a half wins above replacement for those of you who are really into sabermetrics. Goes to the Marlins for Pablo Lopez, right-handed pitcher who I really like. He was 10-10 and 10 a year ago. I think you put him on a slightly better team. He's not an ace, but if you put him toward the back end of the rotation, 3, 4, or 5, 10-10 and 10 with a 3.75 ERA last year for the Marlins. Almost a strikeout an inning. Pitched 180 innings, which in this era is a pretty good workload. He had 174 strikeouts. Uh, both those guys played in the Midwest League. Now, one of the prospects coming back to the Twins in in exchange along with Lopez is Jose Salas, who Baseball Prospectus had ranked as the number three prospect in the Marlins organization and is in the top 101 prospects of in all of baseball. He's 19 years old. He's a middle infielder. He finished last season with Beloit in the Midwest League. So there's a good a good possibility you could possibly see one of the top prospects in the Twins organization. I don't know where he would fit in now with the Twins top prospect list, but he would certainly be in the top 10. But there's a good chance if he ended the year in the Midwest League last year at 19 in the Marlins organization, he could at least make an appearance at age 20 this season in the Midwest League with the Colonels. 319-366-1600. And again, if you missed Corbin Day joining me on the program yesterday, the Ely native will be the hitting coach for the Colonels this year. You can check out the podcast at KGYM Radio. 
Sportsnet.com. We've got a full game, a full slate of games coming up tonight in the NBA. Don't know whether I'll even have time to run those down for you. I'm going to get into the are you, the sundown lead-in was probably appropriate here because sometimes I feel like I'm winning when I'm losing again. My picks, oh, some people want them. I think they're just taking them and fading them and making money off me. That's fine. I am leading the Bet Rivers betting blitz contest. I got to get my picks made for the divisional round games, but I do have a, I don't want to sound like I'm not humble here or anything, but a commanding lead after one week in that contest. And by commanding, I mean, I, I don't think anybody can reach me right now. I might be able to just skate all the way to the Super Bowl and win the trophy, but I doubt it. We're in Falcons territory here, 28-3 territory. So I'll make some good picks. I'll share them with you if you follow me on Twitter, at Todd Brownellcamp. One bit of Big Ten football news today. There's an offensive coordinator in the Big Ten that's out of a job. Not in Iowa City. I know people continue to wait and see if Kirk Ferentz is going to make coaching changes here. But if you've been following the headlines, this one does not come as a huge surprise. Michigan officially parting ways today with co-offensive coordinator Matt Weiss. He was arrested recently, charged with computer access crimes last month in Ann Arbor. On January 5th of this year, there was a complaint filed at Schembechler Hall, it's the football complex in Ann Arbor, that someone had accessed university emails without authorization. I don't know what's going on there, but I don't think it's anything as nefarious as perhaps your mind immediately went to. If somebody says, yeah, somebody got themselves in trouble with a computer, I know where my mind goes, but sounds like maybe he was accessing somebody's email that he shouldn't have been. I don't know. Maybe he was on his way out. Maybe he had a job offer somewhere else. He was data mining for a new possible employer. Keep an eye on that situation. Be interesting to see what comes of it. 319-366-1600. So let's go ahead and take a look at the NFL divisional games this weekend. We'll have them all for you here on KGYM. Let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Last Friday, talked with Mia O'Brien, who covers the Jaguars. We were both pretty confident that Jacksonville was going to beat the Chargers, and they did. Let's ignore the fact that it was a 27 nothing deficit that they had to come back from. The important thing is that they were there in the end and they wound up winning the game. Uh, if you were listening to ESPN Radio earlier in the day, you probably heard uh, some discussion as to what the Jaguars need to do in order to win this game or be, I guess, be in. I don't know whether they're going to win this game. I think they can hang around. I think they can I think they can give Kansas City a run for its money, but I don't think they're good enough against the pass, which is a huge problem. And you you you're not good against the pass, then you're going to run into some pretty big trouble. I believe this is Ryan Clark from First Take today discussing what it's going to take for the Jaguars or how the Jaguars should approach 
the Chiefs this weekend. I'm not saying that Daniel Jones isn't good. What I'm saying is... That's the Daniel Jones clip. Uh, My apologies. And that one mislabeled. 319-366-1600. Basically, he was saying that Travis Etienne, a healthy dose of Travis Etienne, should get the job done. 319-366-1600. That was the... uh, There we go. You want to hear it? It was actually Tim Hasselbeck. Here we go. I would try everything in my power to find a way for ETN to have 30 touches. He's a really explosive player. He's a tough player. He can handle the workload. You can hand it to him. He's gotten way, you know, he's gotten much better coming out of the backfield. I think long sustained drives, keeping the ball away from Kansas City is the method. And look, I know it sounds great. A lot of people try that, can't execute it. So people say, look, we're gonna try to steal possessions and score with Kansas City. I think that's harder to do than just line up and say, look, we are going to, you know, have long extended drives. We'll go for it on fourth and mm-hmm. two. We're going to run the football. We'll, you know, take shorter, easier completions and just keep that offense off the field. I think that's the right plan of attack. If they're going to do that, then I think you take a look at the under in that game, which you're playing with fire there. I don't recommend it. I think. 53 points in Jacksonville and Kansas City, that game could definitely wind up going over. But if you listen to Tim Hasselbeck talk about a game plan and approach, I mean, the last thing you want to do is have Patrick Mahomes touching that football for a long amount of time this weekend. So run the football, try to limit the mistakes. Remember Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions last week, right? It's a big reason why they were down 27-0 to the Chargers. They can't afford to make those mistakes. As for the spread itself, it opened at 9.5. It went down to 8.5. Again, this is a no play for me at this number. I think everybody and their brother is going to look at teasing this down on a six six and a half point teaser. You can get Kansas City under a field goal, which I think is – not necessarily the worst thing in the world to do. I got no play on the side here because I think it could possibly turn into a two-touchdown or more victory, kind of like that game on Monday night when I said, I I see two approaches here. Either Tampa Bay wins a close game, so forget the points, just take them on the money line, or Dallas blows them out. I did not see Dallas playing within the margin of error and barely squeaking by. Well, what happened? Dallas blew Tampa Bay out in Raymond James Stadium. So I think this could be very similar. And especially if Trevor Lawrence plays like he did last week, then this game will not be as close as some people are making it out to be. So again, neither one of those, in my opinion, is a huge play. Let's go ahead and get to what I started to play which was the Ryan Clark clip from First Take today talking about Daniel Jones, who is, in the eyes of many, a key to any success that the New York Giants could possibly have tomorrow night against the Philadelphia uh, Philadelphia Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. I'm not saying that Daniel Jones isn't good. What I'm saying is Daniel Jones is not what he was last week. You can't ask Daniel Jones to do that. The Vikings going into last week had 38 sacks. 
The Philadelphia Eagles going into this week have 70 sacks. The Vikings had an older Patrick Peterson and a third-string cornerback starting. The, the Philadelphia Eagles have Darius Slay and Bradbury starting. This is a different level of play. There you have it. Ryan Clark on first take this morning on ESPN, and he is absolutely right. I want to take the Giants. If I was going to take the Giants this weekend, I'd do it with the seven and a half and cross your fingers and pray that they can keep it within a touchdown. I wanted to convince myself that they could win this game. And it's the NFL. Anything can happen. But I think that this is a major step up in competition, not a knock on the Minnesota Vikings. The Giants are 14-4 and against the spread this season. But they also have two losses straight up to the Eagles. I'm going to throw out the last meeting. I said this earlier in the week because uh, the quarterback situation, the Giants were resting everybody. They were the anti-Staley. Brian Dable and his staff didn't want anybody getting hurt, so they didn't play him uh, in that matchup against the Eagles, which is, again, I think the smart approach to that. Giants plus 7.5 against the Eagles. I'm going to pass on this. I just I think the Eagles are going to wind up winning the game, and I think that they could win it not necessarily uh, in blowout fashion, but the key for me here is Jalen Hurts. Is Jalen Hurts healthy? Here's Diana Rossini on Get Up This Morning with the latest on the Eagles quarterback. He's off the injury list, right, so that, that that's always great. He's not 100%, though. I spoke to a source in Philly, and they described this SC joint, okay? So this injury happened just about a month ago. The way it was described to me, it's very tender, right? Meaning if it gets hit or if he is hit while he's running, this could be a very big problem, which is why you're going to see the Giants' defensive game plan to attack, to hit, to do everything to get in the face of Jalen Hurts. Now, we're not talking bounty gate here. But again, I said it, you know it, the NFL is a big boy league. you got to be sitting at the adult table if you're going to play quarterback in the National Football League. you got to be able to take hits, and you got to be able to get out of the way of those hits. He's not 100%, but the Eagles want to start and end the game with him under center. And I think the Giants' game plan is pretty simple. Make life miserable for Jalen Hurts. If they can do that, if they can do that, then I think that they've got a shot at winning this game. Philadelphia, I think, wins the game. I think to answer the KGYM radio poll question today, we're looking at the Eagles advancing to the NFC title game. I think they are going to wind up playing Brock Purdy in the San Francisco 49ers there. The 49ers have an advantage of two days rest and home field going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Got to tell you, I'm not surprised that Mike McCarthy took the approach that he did to this game, but he's playing the old, we're not the underdog card for this weekend. They very much are the underdog, four and a half point underdog 
to the San Francisco 49ers. We all like the fact that, you know, people are doubting you. I, I think that's part of human nature. I think it's, it's part of the, the dynamics of each each and every one of us. So, you know, you know, we all come from somewhere. Um, but yeah, we, we we're very comfortable in this position. Very comfortable. We, we clearly go there. We're clearly going there expecting to win. So just make no bones about that. And I understand they have a job to do too. We know the type of environment we're getting ready to go into. I mean, it's going to be a, a, a great environment to be a huge challenge. You know, we're, we're counting on the Dallas Cowboy fans to show up. We know they will. But we're playing, you know, we're playing a tremendous football team, you know, and uh, we're, we're, we're in tune with that. And, and we know the way we need to play and what we need to do to win a game. Not going to happen, and it's not going to happen because of Brock Purdy. Tim Hasselbeck, again, on the Noon Sports Center earlier today, talking about the pride of the Iowa State Cyclones, Mr. Irrelevant, call him what you want to. He's the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, hey, Brock Purdy, he's just distributing the football to Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle and these talented players. But I'll tell you what, I've seen a guy who has created a lot of offense. I mean, he's moved around a lot. He's created plays outside the design of the offense. And as a quarterback, you can get into a lot of trouble doing that. And when you do that against an opportunistic defense, which Dallas most certainly has, they have plenty of players that do a good job of playing the football well when it's in the air, especially outside the design of the play, that's where you can get yourself into trouble as a quarterback. And so... Other than just kind of, you know, not making the moment too big, being careful getting outside of the design of the play is also critical for Purdy. Here's a little something that you need to know about the Dallas Cowboys pass defense. In the first half of the season, in weeks one through nine, they were third in the league in pass defense. Starting in week 10 and going through last weekend, they're now 16th in the NFL in pass defense. They are getting worse against the pass. You go up against the San Francisco 49ers and a quarterback again in Brock Purdy, who I think, again, love it or leave it, our number one, I said, I do think he throws his first interception, but I think he limits his mistakes. We haven't seen him make very many, if any, to this point as the starter for the 49ers. He hasn't thrown any interceptions, but... I think he can make one mistake, and the 49ers can win that game. But Cowboys pass defense taking a step in the wrong direction. But the stat that you really need to know says everything about the San Francisco 49ers right now, and that is the fact that since week 12 of this season, San Francisco has not scored fewer than 33 points only one time. Since week 12, as a defense held the 49ers under 33 points. I think this game has an opportunity to get away from the Cowboys and get away early on. I will. This is a terrible pick, I'm telling you right now. It's terrible because the entire world is on the San Francisco 49ers to win this game. And to win it by more than four and a half points, you know people are rolling this one into teasers all week long tying it in with the Chiefs or, or the Bills game. But I think San Francisco wins this game, and I think I think the public is on the right side here, for lack of a better term. The San Francisco 49ers 
advance to the NFC Championship game to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the big question, who's playing the Kansas City Chiefs, assuming that they get past the Jacksonville Jaguars? Cincinnati, Buffalo, spread is five and a half. I cannot back, and I want to so desperately because of the storyline of get to the Super Bowl and have it be Brock Purdy against Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, who spent a little time growing up in Ames against Brock Purdy. It's the most Iowa of storylines in the possible Super Bowl matchups. I just don't think that it's going to happen unless Joe Burrow channels his inner Fran Tarkenton, scrambles all over the place, and keeps himself alive. Basically, an exercise in self-preservation this weekend. Because not only do you go to Orchard Park and the Bills Mafia and you're facing home field advantage there, but you're down three offensive linemen. And Cincinnati's offensive line wasn't fantastic to begin with. So the question becomes, what, if anything, can Joe Burrow do by himself? Can he put the Bengals on his shoulder and basically win this game on his own because he's not going to have much of an offensive line to help him. Now, I got concerns here about Buffalo, too, because Josh Allen has not looked very sharp in recent weeks. Can they win this game by five and a half? I'm going to take the points with Cincinnati. I think Buffalo wins, but I think Cincinnati can keep it close. Totals 49. I would lean toward the under here. Just the performance of Josh Allen has been subpar and Joe Burrow with no offensive line. Plus, you throw in the outdoor weather conditions. Is Cincinnati in upset position? Perhaps. But unfortunately, I don't see it happening. So I've got the Bills winning the game, but I'll take a flyer on Cincinnati and the points to see whether or not. Look, that offense, Cincinnati's offense, I wouldn't bet against it with a healthy offensive line. The problem is they don't have a healthy offensive line. 319-366-1600. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up things for a weekend here and turn things over to Matt and Dave. What are they going to be talking about tonight? Well, we're talking about those matchups that we just went over, but a little bit more in-depth, a little bit more helpful than I probably was. For people trying to recover from opioid use disorder, it's hard to know where to begin. At iowaopioidhelp.com, you'll find resources near you for proven treatment and a road back to your old self. Because opioid addiction is not a character flaw, it's an illness. If you or a loved one is struggling with opioid use disorder, visit iowaopioidhelp.com today. Start here. Start healing. Sponsored by the Iowa Attorney General's Office and the Iowa Broadcasters Association in cooperation with this station. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs finishes with a Sunday doubleheader. Hi, this is Scott Graham. Join me and the rest of our Westwood One crew for all the action. First, Joe Burrow and the Bengals take on Josh Allen and the Bills. Then it's a classic NFC showdown when the Dallas Cowboys meet the San Francisco 49ers. Coverage begins at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. From the wild card round all the way to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona, the NFL playoffs are right here. Hear the NFL playoffs right here on the gym.
some great action in the NBA tonight to take you into the sports weekend. New Orleans is at Orlando. The Magic, I don't know why they're a two-point underdog in this game. It's their first home game in over two weeks. The Magic going up against a Pelicans team that's lost three out of its last four and five out of its last seven road games. Magic are also coming off a five-day break. Pelicans don't have Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram. Orlando plus two, just throwing that out there. Golden State on the road tonight in Cleveland after losing to the Celtics in overtime last night. Cleveland is an 11.5-point favorite there because, let's be honest, after Steph Curry and Jordan Poole combined to play 43 minutes apiece last night, they're sitting on the bench tonight. They got, there's no way Steve Kerr is going to be dumb enough to play those guys for uh, any length of time against the Cavaliers tonight. Uh, we'll see how things go there. Dallas is a slight underdog at home against Miami. Uh, Mavericks have lost five of their last six, including three in a row. Atlanta and the Knicks, always fun. Trey Young getting together against the Knicks. This one is in Atlanta. The Hawks on a four-game win streak. Keegan, uh, no, this is the Clippers and the Spurs, pardon me. San Antonio getting seven points at home. They're 2-0. and oh. uh, The Clippers are 2-0 and oh against the Spurs this season, looking to run it to 3-0. and oh. Brooklyn trailed Phoenix by 24 points last night. They climbed back into that game, ultimately could not beat the Suns. They are in Utah tonight, where the Nets are a 7.5-point underdog to the Jazz, who much like the Chicago Blackhawks, are really bad at tanking. Like the Blackhawks have won, what, now four, five of their last six games, and the tank process is in question. Utah was supposed to be really bad this year. I know Isaac's looking at me through the glass. He's the Jazz fan. Uh, the Pacers in Denver tonight. Nuggets are an 11.5-point favorite over the Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton is still sidelined and likely will be for another week with that sprained left knee. Nuggets are hoping to get their head coach back. He's been in health and safety protocols. The Memphis Grizzlies, one of the funnest teams to watch in the NBA. They're on a franchise record 11 straight wins. They've scored at least 115 points in uh, their last handful of games. Going up against LeBron James and the Lakers tonight. Lakers are a 7.5-point underdog at home. LeBron James has averaged 40 points a game. In his last eight games, he's just 283 points behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the NBA scoring record. And Keegan Murray and the Sacramento Kings tonight, a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Oklahoma City. Sacramento has beaten Oklahoma City three straight and six of their last seven meetings. The Betfred Sportsbook Hour is coming up with Matt Perrault and Dave Sherapan. This show may not be around for much longer. It's sort of coming to an end here as football season comes to an end. You're not going to want to miss it. These guys know their stuff. They're friends of mine. They're fantastic. Betfred Sportsbook Hour, getting you ready for a big weekend of sports betting. And speaking of, we got a great contest for you Monday. Tune in for details.